I think some of my favourite images are ones that just, like I said, like either happen by accident or maybe are quite blurred. You just see them and you're like, yes, that feels like how I felt to be watching this. Named after the Greek goddess of dance and chorus, and also an allusion to historian Sally Baines' seminal book on postmodern dance, Terpsichore and Sneakers, Terpsichore is a platform celebrating female dancers, choreographers and bodies in motion, curated by me, dance critic and writer Emily May. Posting information, images and videos of female dance pioneers, both past and present, on a daily basis on our Instagram account, Terpsichore has now started its very own podcast, where I will be interviewing leading women from the dance industry about their lives, careers and the female artists that have inspired them. For the 12th episode of the podcast, I'm delighted to be speaking to London-based dance photographer Camilla Greenwell. Trained in fine art at Central St Martins, Greenwell first started photographing dance while working for arts charity Ideas Tap. Since then, she has gone on to work with numerous high-profile dancers, companies and venues, including the Barbican, Sadler's Wells, Canduco Dance Company and Rombert, to name a few. Camilla has also photographed for publications such as The Guardian, The Telegraph magazine, FT Weekend and Toast, using her editorial work to inform her performance photography and vice versa. Most recently, Camilla put together a digital exhibition with Sadler's Wells. Titled Movement in Still Form, it invited audiences to see snapshots from the choreographic process behind the polished pieces they eventually see on stage. With this in mind, I couldn't wait to talk to Camilla about the intersection between dance and photography, the collaborative process when working with leading dance companies and institutions, and whether or not dance photography should be viewed as an artistic medium in its own right. Well, hi, Camilla. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining us on the Terpsichore podcast. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. I'm speaking to you from London, where I've been for ages. I've not moved, I think, like most people. Hopefully you'll be able to travel a bit soon. But until then, it's nice to talk to you from London remotely. To kick off our questions, I was wondering if we could start from the very beginning. Obviously, it's a bit complicated because you are a dance photographer so you've got these kind of dual interests but maybe we could start by asking what your first experience with dance as an art form was and how you became interested in it. Funnily enough my first experience really of dance was watching these old like VHS recordings that my parents had done. I think the BBC used to put on these stage shows of different performances and my parents would record them so when I was a kid I used to watch them while I was having dinner. I don't think I saw any dance in real life until I don't know probably probably really when I started photographing it because actually I came through this route through more theatre I I acted at school a little bit when I moved to London to do my degree I also did the National Youth Theatre's kind of two-week summer course so my route to dance came through theatre first and then I kind of fell into dance really which I'm so happy about. So you did start from like a performance background still if with the focus on theatre how did you get into theatre and what was it you enjoyed about it and attracted you to this idea of live performance? Well it's interesting I think I never really loved performing myself like I found it really hard I'm really shy. There are loads of amazing performers who are very shy. I don't think you have to be an extrovert to excel at it. To to be the performer was never great. I didn't love to be on stage, but I had this amazing drama teacher at school and, you know, I had quite a challenging upbringing and drama really, it was the only space 
that I felt like I could discuss things. It was the only opportunity that was allowed where you could, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like every other lesson was just specifically about learning something, whereas drama was about learning about other people's lives. And my drama teacher was really supportive and I just felt like they were more like therapy sessions, really. What was actually really powerful for me was there was a lot of stuff going on and I would learn these lines of these really powerful women and I was absolutely not a powerful woman. I was really struggling and had very little confidence but to even just embody these women just by like speaking their lines was just incredible and I also feel like I learned then that performance felt really transformative and it felt like one of the only spaces where you could learn about other stories other than your own and comprehend different things about yourself and yeah, I don't know. I just think it was powerful to learn about all these different stories and to like embody that. And so I found the process of performance really interesting and I found my drama teacher to be really so open. I felt like a lot of people back then found it really difficult to discuss things. You know, I was dealing with grief and a lot of the adults around me really didn't know how to deal with that. But my drama teacher would talk about it and she was so open. And I think that's what I found working in the arts and with theatre and with dance. You know, there, there's this openness that I think is so important and also I think it's really rare. So that's what drew me to performance. So I kept going, but it never felt completely right. And then I think what happened was I went to London to study fine art at St. Martin's. And at the same time, I did the National Youth Theatre's like two week course. And, and I really loved it. But again, it just didn't feel right for me to be the one acting. I think before it sounds silly, but I didn't realise that there were so many other jobs in performance. I felt like you had to be the one on stage. And then I ended up weirdly winning a competition to photograph the performance that the National Youth Theatre was putting on that I was going to be part of and I was like I want to do that instead and then suddenly this whole other world opened up it was this amazing performance it was I think there were 300 cast members and it was this week-long site-specific immersive performance all around London so they did performances at like Battersea Power Station, the Bank of England in Greenwich and we got mentored and there were a few other photographers that all had a lot more experience than me and they were great so yeah it felt like it kind of clicked and I was like oh I don't have to be on stage to be part of this really wonderful world. I was just gonna say I really identify with this realization that you don't have to be on stage because I was always dancer kind of gunning for being a performer and then was like realizing that that wasn't what I wanted to do while I was in training and then kind of discovered this writing room and this idea that I could still be involved and it's still like a valuable part of the industry. And for me, I had this sense of like, oh, I'm failing at my passion because I'm not gonna yeah. perform. But then like trying to reframe, it's like, no, that this is still within my passion. It's like a natural progression from what I was doing and I'm still involved in this world, even yeah. though it's not how I initially intended. Totally. And I think having the experience of it means that you understand it more when you're writing about it. And I think people have also said to me that they always ask if I've performed before because they're like, oh, you kind of understand what we need or let you enter a space in a certain way, which is really lovely. And I'm glad that I do that. So I think it's a really nice point to start off at. And actually, it's interesting that you talk about failure. I also studied fine art. I made these sculptures that were awful. I started developing my photographic skills because I was trying to make my work look better than it was for my like sketchbooks and things like that but this idea of failure is really interesting because I think like I really felt so lost for so long and it was only really recently in the past few years that it clicked that I was a dance photographer you know so it's but I think out of those failures comes I think they're so important or like maybe they're not even failures but it's just it's an interesting idea right like of yeah what feels right or what you think that path is and it can be quite different so 
Yeah, no, I do definitely relate to that. So you talked about photographing the project for National Youth Theatre. Was this the first time you picked up a camera or was it during your degree that was when you started photographing? Or what, what was the first moment you can remember like having a camera and deciding you wanted to take pictures? I took photos during my A-levels. So I had like a really, I had like a tiny point and shoot camera then. I think I, the first time I got a DSLR was probably, yeah, in my first year of St. Martin's. Or maybe I rented one because you could rent ones then. Basically, it was tiny and like very basic. And then when we did the National Youth Theatre, they rented us lenses. And I remember putting on this huge lens onto my tiny camera and just thinking, I don't think this is going to work. And also I remember Googling the night before how to change camera lenses because I realised that I had no idea. And I was so nervous and I didn't want to be embarrassed in front of everyone. So it was August 2010, I remember that. And I turned up with this little camera, no idea how to change a lens and no idea how to correct my white balance. Basically, I just always had it on auto. And I learned that week how to like change lenses like and, and how to use my camera on manuals and then had these amazing performers to photograph it was just a dream yeah that's the first time that I started learning and then I just did as much as I could from them you know because I was still studying it meant that I had a bit of free time and I had the ability to be able to just get experience really I shot kind of a, a film festival which was quite challenging because it was lots of different things like difficult lighting you know like Q&A's kind of events things like that and then I started meeting people people as well and, and photographing kind of smaller theatre companies who were doing quite like immersive theatre things in these like gutted out shops that they'd done like basically very low light conditions quite challenging which then probably helped starting to photograph dance because that's obviously quite challenging and very low light often so yeah it all led to that really. So what was the first dance production that you photographed? So I started working for Ideas Tap they were an arts charity who were amazing. They kind of had a pot of money and it ran out at one point, but what they were doing while they had the ability was amazing. They ran like a headshot sessions for actors. I was their headshot photographer for a couple of days a week. And then they also did other events. So they were based in Bermondsey and they worked on Bermondsey Street Festival. So they got me to cover the whole festival of all these things going on. And that's the first time that I photographed some dancers. It was really lucky timing, actually. They got on one of the first Sadler's Wells wild cards and they asked me to come in and photograph them and then sad as well said oh actually we would really like to have a photographer to shoot all of our wild cards so would you do that but I mean saying that like I so it was Emma Gladstone that asked me who was there at the time and I think the whole point of wild cards was it was kind of like up-and-coming dancers and choreographers to give them this platform at Sadler's for a night or for two nights to put on whatever they wanted. I remember thinking that I had to pretend I was some really big dance photographer and obviously they knew that I wasn't and the whole point that they gave me that was because I wasn't, uh, if that makes sense. But yeah, so I was really lucky. So that, it just meant that Sadler's Wells then became one of my first main dance clients which is kind of wild and then you know I just met lots of people and they were just really supportive the whole point of wildcard is like this artist development and they kind of took me under their wing and they were like well we'd like to develop you as an artist as well when you started photographing dance what was it that kind of inspired you to keep going what was it about shooting dance or movement that interests you to be <laughs> to be honest when I first started photographing dance I was totally overwhelmed by it I felt really out of my depth I didn't come from a dance background and I didn't have the right equipment you know I didn't even have a full frame camera at the time which meant it was really difficult to photograph in low light 
I remember doing a, a being part of like a couple of like press photo calls and all of these people, you know, like I would look to either side of me and these people had these huge lenses and two cameras, maybe three. And then I would just get out my tiny camera with my 50 mil lens and I was like, Oh, I felt really out of my depth. But and and whenever people would then get in touch with me to ask me to photograph dance, I would also be quite surprised. I'd be like, "Oh, really? They want me? Okay." But it was great. I think I struggled with confidence for quite a while. Like, I guess a lot of people have the imposter thing, don't they? Like that imposter syndrome of not knowing. And I think I was always trying to do what I thought other people were doing, or like I was trying to do what I thought was right. And actually, there was a really interesting moment where Emma Gladstone again asked me to come and photograph. A piece and she got back in touch after I sent her the photos and she was like these are lovely but you know I wanted some with movement these are all like pin sharp and it really clicked it occurred to me then that there was so much freedom within this and also then it kind of clicked as well that people were asking me to shoot things because they wanted my eye on it which was amazing you know I think that's probably what I couldn't comprehend before and it felt very flattering so I also just always thought oh god I'm going to do a really bad job but I kind of can't turn down the work so it was a very interesting start but I mean, it's been amazing. I think I hadn't set out to do this, but the way that it's happened, I, I just feel very grateful. The people that I've worked with have been really supportive and really collaborative. That's really developed my voice. People have really put their trust in me. So it kind of just happened, but I feel very lucky that it happened like that. <laughs> And so you're talking there a bit about the yeah, developing your voice or your kind of style uh, that's like different from just trying to emulate what other people are doing. I know this is quite a difficult question, but how would you kind of describe your style or what kind of things you specifically like to focus on when photographing that you think is different to other people, for example? Well, I think firstly, I'm not particularly that interested in like the perfect image of like perfect technique. I, I mean, obviously it's important and also it's wonderful that the people I work with are incredible and the things that they can do are, you know, are amazing. And it's not that I don't appreciate that, but I think I really like to hone in. I really like to actually focus on like dancers, like facial expressions and maybe those moments that you wouldn't necessarily see if you're watching a performance. So I like to be quite close and quite intimate, I think, with what I'm shooting. Not necessarily for performances, but... I really love photographing rehearsals and quite interested in moments that feel like between performance and reality, I quite like. I think there's something quite interesting in that. And I think I observe quite a lot. I can't speak for other photographers because I'm not generally in the room with another photographer, but again, I also think that, I know I mentioned it, but I think that the way I work is quite collaborative. So I talk a lot to people before I come in and, and not really about shots, but just about what the work is about. I'm really interested in like people's processes and what they're thinking. And, and yeah, I think for me, it's really important to have that before you go into a space because you kind of can build this trust with people. I think shooting things can feel quite intense you know like you're coming in with a camera it's making these noises yeah I'm quite aware of that so I like to speak to people before as well which feels like it informs quite a lot of the work that leads quite well onto my next question or you're kind of t touching on what I was going to ask next we'd mentioned Sadler's Wells but you've also taken photographs for a lot of different venues and companies including the Barbican, Ballet Black, Kanduko, National Theatre, Phoenix, Sounds Theatre, Rambert and so on and so on and I was going to ask if your photographic approach changes depending on who it is you're taking pictures for and what is the kind of collaborative process about having discussions with the artist or choreographer or venue and what they want captured and 
what kind of research would you do into their practices to kind of guide what approach you're going to take? I mean, I think every company is really different in the way that they like to work. So I'm kind of always led by that in a way. I mean, also, it really depends if it's rehearsals or if it's a promotional shoot or if it's production shots. I think the research stage and the planning is very different for all of those types of work. People are really different. Sometimes companies like to set up stuff and they have a specific shot list and I'll go in and they're like, these are the moments that we think. Other people haven't worked with photographers very much, so they really ask me and they kind of really want to be guided. But I think the one thing that I do with everyone is I think I just enter the space and try and react to the atmosphere on each day because things are always so different I'm not a huge planner like some things yeah like you need to you know if I'm renting lights or if we have to have certain like practical things like of course our plan but a lot of it I really like to just see what happens on the day and like play around I think a lot of my best shots are almost like accidents or they weren't kind of set up or they weren't planned in advance so I really like to allow room for that in how I'm shooting when I started out I was far too shy to kind of direct or say if I thought something wasn't working but now it feels really natural to do that so I'm a lot more vocal as well within working with people but yeah like I said what's really lovely is it's so collaborative so it's really different every time generally I just like to react to what's happening on the day if possible I won't ask you if you have a favorite company because that's a horrible question (laughs) and probably not answerable but are there any kinds of dance that you particularly enjoy photographing for example like a particular style or productions that have a certain energy or solos versus group pieces I mean on a really practical and boring level (laughs) I, I, I find like solo stuff is easier to photograph but that doesn't mean I prefer it but it's easier <laughs> I think usually I mean I definitely don't have a favorite company but it's re- that question is so lovely because actually it's like it does make me realize how different all the companies are that I work with which is so amazing like it just feels like there's such a variety yeah so I don't have like a particular style or preference in that way but I love photographing rehearsals it's just like one of my favorite things to do because I mean productions are beautiful for very obvious reasons but I think I love being in the rehearsal room firstly there's like a lot less pressure in some ways on me and on them you know there's not particular time constraints or there's not like a particular shot that sometimes there is a shot that people want but there's just a bit of time to watch and observe I mean also just on a personal level it's amazing to be in those spaces while work's being made because you get to listen to these conversations so that's really fantastic again like I like this like space between performance and reality so I really like kind of capturing people while they're not completely performing but while they're kind of learning and working through stuff so I think rehearsals are kind of my favorite thing to photograph in that way I've just thought I should have asked this earlier but I wanted to ask you about the fact that to some like photography is the art of kind of capturing a still image and obviously this might be seen as like the antithesis of dance because it's based on motion and I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about what you think is interesting about trying to capture one moment out of a piece that is all about movement and how as a photographer can you try and create the impression of motion in your images again I guess that's what I got really out of my depth by when I first started shooting dance because I thought how can I capture what's going on and do it justice you know but I think what I began to realize is you know like a still image is never going to recreate what you're seeing on stage but it's not meant to these performances are meant to be watched in real life which is what's amazing about them 
and which is what we've really lost over the past year, you know. So in terms of photographing something moving, I think what I really love about it, again, is because I often watch the shows that I photograph. You know, you're taking in everything that's happening. Usually there's a lot going on. Usually it's quite fast, not always, but you know, there's so much happening. And I think generally like your eyes are going to take in the whole scene or bits of it, but I think with an image, it kind of slows everything down. Like, so a lot of the time I'll see a show and the images that I've taken, I won't even notice when I'm watching it. I think I said it earlier, I'm not that interested in taking a photograph of like a wide scene and like the whole stage, even though those images can be beautiful, like they're great. But I really like to hone in on these, I mean, I say smaller moments, not that they're less significant, but these intimate moments between dancers all, all really close in on their faces, things that I don't think you would necessarily spot, or they're just happening so fast that you miss them. So I think that's the beauty of photography. It can give you an alternative to what's happening and also because you're not trying to recreate the show I think you get a lot of creative freedom again I think I used to get really bogged down in, in wondering what people needed or what they wanted now I just kind of go with my gut you know or I'd look around to see what other photographers were doing if I happened to be in a room with them and now I just I feel like I kind of know what I'm interested in and I'm happy to just go with that if that makes sense there's so many parallels with how I felt about writing as well like doing reviews of shows at the beginning when I started reviewing I would be sat in the theater writing in the dark but all my notes were just like feeling like I had to note down every detail of every second of the performance yeah. and feeling like I had to mention everything but sometimes you only have like 250 words or something but yeah then and just trying to get a bit more confident about like it's not a play-by-play -play of the show and the same with your uh, photography it doesn't have to like represent every single moment it's kind of like a capturing the atmosphere or the vibe or the overall feeling. Definitely. And it's been really nice. Like, I think some of my favourite images are ones that just, like I said, like either happen by accident or maybe are quite blurred. You just see them and you're like, yes, that feels like how I felt to be watching this. I mentioned quite a few of the people you photographed for in the dance world, but you also photograph for quite a lot of editorial publications like The Guardian and The Telegraph and The Financial Times Weekend. I was wondering what the kind of relationship between your photography for these publications and dance clients or, or dance companies are and do the two end up influencing each other? They definitely do. I think they both inform each other. When I take portraits now, I'm always trying to incorporate movement into them, which is obviously a bit harder with people who don't move for a living. <laughs> but I don't kind of ask them to dance, obviously. I think I did once and that didn't go down very well. But um, it's more that I like, I now wait for those moments where they're moving or they do something that's not just staring at the camera. Because I think when I first started taking portraits, again, slightly with the dance stuff, I was like, oh, there's this prescribed way of doing it and everyone has to do this and sit here and look at the camera. And it was a bit stale, really. I hadn't found my confidence. I mean, I'm still finding my confidence. I think that's a never ending thing, but I kind of realized and I realized very much because of my dance photography that I could have a lot more fluidity within these other portraits that I was doing. And actually what was lovely is I got commissioned by Toast to do this amazing series of portraits of women. They were doing a podcast entitled Rhythm and so they wanted the images to convey rhythm as well. So they got in touch. So it was really nice to be asked to do this based on my dance work, but it was editorial and we definitely got movement within the images. Yeah, that felt like a bit of a dream commission really. Again, I think when you're starting out, you're trying to be everything and you're trying to show that you can do everything and you can be every style and you're just trying to get work really it definitely feels like the dance practice has like I said like given me a bit of a voice and informed what I do within everything else which is really lovely and also I think with the dance work I was always really inspired by documentary photographers so I've kind of always looked at performance in that way as well what lies behind the performance and 
who those people are on and off the stage. So I think that kind of work has also fed into how I look at dance. I didn't really grow up looking at dance photography images. It was more documentary and editorial stuff. So I think it's definitely shaped how I shoot. That leads really nicely into talking about some of your personal projects because that's very evident in, for example, your performance at home project, which we talked a bit about over email and which you've shared on, on your website. And it combines kind of editorial and dance elements and showing performers in their intimate spaces. Could you maybe tell me a bit about the series and where the idea came from? I mean, it feels weird now to discuss it because I started the project performers at home which is basically portraits of performers in their homes I mean I started it three years ago even four years ago maybe the idea came to me and obviously because of lockdown there's a whole new meaning to people being in their homes and especially performers you know not having like the studio space to be able to move properly to be able to keep their bodies in the way that they want to like it's been incredibly difficult but this was done before that I did do a couple of sessions on zoom with people or on facetime I did a few like remote shoots for it I don't think I want the project to go that way. So I would like to start shooting people again in a bit, but I don't really want it to have a COVID theme. So we'll see. I always loved images of performers off stage getting ready. Diane Arbus, you know, worked a lot backstage with people. And again, this in-between moment of performance and reality has always been something that I've just been so drawn to. I think I was curious to see what it would feel like to photograph performers in their homes and personal spaces, completely removed from the theatre, you know, not just backstage. That's kind of where the idea started. And also I think I've always made work around the home, like when I was in art school, which is weird actually, because I think I started making this before I really was that involved in theatre, but at St Martin's I made these kind of odd homes that almost looked like theatre spaces. So it was these like domestic settings, but they very much looked like a stage. So it's always something that I've been quite curious about. I lived in various different families' homes growing up, so I didn't really have a sense of home myself. So I think I'm really fascinated by that and the like theatricality that home can bring and also our relationship to it. I've just got loads of questions basically and that's always what my personal work is and there's never really an answer. I think working at St Martin's I found really difficult and challenging and I think what I've realised about that is that I don't work very well on my own. I don't work well like in a studio separate to people and I really work very well collaboratively. I feel like I found my fine art practice again by working with dancers and dance artists so creating this work is again very much collaborative with them and being in their space. At first again I, it was very much like portraits of people which was great but actually I think I've shifted it now and the last couple of shoots I did people just started moving naturally themselves and I was like wait this feels more right so actually I've kind of got a few more ideas of how I want it to be but it's something that I want to come back to but also what was nice about that is I think in summer last year when things started opening up a bit I've collaborated with James Cousins loads over the years and he got in touch and he was really interested in well firstly he was really interested in supporting freelancers that he works with so he was like I want to make something and I want to give you all some work and make something and he was like I really want to know what it's been like for the dancers we've worked with and their experiences in lockdown so we collaborated on a project that was me going into four dancers homes and kind of documenting them in the space but I also made my first film so it was this short film and a series of images around them kind of in their homes so that's kind of an extension of the performers at home but very much for this certain kind of collaboration that was great it was really 
interesting thing. And also to, you know, give these dance artists a voice as well and this kind of recognition of what goes into their practice and what they've had to do without for the past year. I think it's so interesting to focus on specifically performers as well because a lot of interviews, etc., or like a lot of the spotlights placed on the choreographer and dancers are there to embody their visions, but they're obviously artists and creative in their own right. And I think a lot of time people don't necessarily realise the technical and creative inputs that they really have into other people's visions that we see on stage completely completely it's so interesting i saw this really big like advert the other day and on instagram absolutely everybody had been credited obviously you know down to like the gaffer and the focus puller and like every single person and it was a very long list there was a dancer i knew that was part of that and she had not been credited and i read it a few times because i was like surely i've got this wrong i need to go back to it because maybe they've realized their mistake but i was like these are the people that you're literally seeing on the screen i mean i have respect for everybody on a crew you know everybody but it's like why were they forgotten i think it was the new york times I noticed that they were crediting individual dancers in the images that I was taking. And I was like, that's great. And then I was realising that like a lot of places hadn't been doing that. But now I think it's happening more. So people are being credited. But you're right. Yeah, I think like the what dancers bring now and that, like their kind of input into creation is really important. I think it's really nice to hear their voices and to work with them in that way. And also, I don't direct. Like I said, I don't come from a dance background. It's very much me with a camera being like, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> when I take images of dancers, they have put so much into that. Yeah, it's nice to celebrate, I think. Amazing. And then we've talked, as well as performers at home, we talked previously about how much you enjoy photographing rehearsals. And obviously the focus was one of your most recent projects, Movement in Still Form, which was an online exhibition with Sadler's Wells, which invited audiences to see snapshots from the choreography process behind the polished pieces audiences eventually see in performance and they're also presented alongside sections of text which are written by you as well as by some of the photographed artists in the exhibition such as Botus Sever, Flora Wellesley Wesley and Katie Ko. Could you maybe just start off by explaining how this project came about or how the idea or collaboration with Sadler's started? When I was kind of first introduced to Sadler's and first kind of commissioned by them which was in this context of wildcard and this idea of artist development and they kind of reached out and also kind of offered that developmental help to me and that's grown really so basically it was probably two years ago who knows time anymore but I think it was about two years ago Eva Martinez and Robin Cabaret from Sadler's got in touch and they said we'd really love to have an exhibition of your work to kind of celebrate everything that you've done and to celebrate you as an artist which was amazing <laughs> I remember getting the email and I was photographing something that you couldn't have your phone out at and I kind of read the email really quickly and had to put it away and spent the rest of the night being like I must have read that wrong it just felt like such a lovely opportunity so basically we got together several times actually you know I brought loads of prints of my images we did have rehearsal shots but there were like loads of production shots lots of kind of promotional images of artists portraits that I'd taken of artists but quickly I kind of honed in on the fact that I really wanted them to be these black and white rehearsal images. I think that's when it really clicked that that's what I'd really been loving photographing. These just felt like really special moments. So that's when we decided to put on this show of, of rehearsal images. But then obviously with COVID, because it was meant to happen during Dance Umbrella in October 2020. So obviously that got kind of shelved, but then the team got back in touch and they said, how would you feel about making it a digital exhibition? Which was amazing. And we worked on it. And I think that we'd obviously decided that it was going to be focusing on rehearsal images before the pandemic but it just felt like 
it was so much more relevant to show those images as well after what's happened. It just felt like that insight into like the work that goes into making performances and how special that is and how important it is to be together. Just felt like the images kind of celebrated that. It's also so poignant with all the horrific things from the government, you know, the ballerinas converting to cyber adverts and all this branding of what jobs are necessary and what uh, which ones are essential and which ones are inessential, uh, which I think is really, yeah, damaged a lot of people's self-esteem and self-worth in the industry. And also, yeah, it just feels like these images and this idea, obviously you said it wasn't with Corona in mind at the beginning, but it just feels so poignant to try and reveal to people how much hard work and thought and, and detail goes into these shows. They're not just these frivolous things that happen on stage. It's easy. It's like a real profession and career and hopefully your images have illuminated that to some people who may have thought otherwise. What was also really lovely about the exhibition is we had these kind of audio elements as well from the artists that we'd worked with and they talked about how important that space was for them. But I completely agree with you. I feel like, yeah, people can sometimes see the arts as being like frivolous, unnecessary or like a bit of a luxury or something. I mean, I couldn't think further from that. You know, I touched on it earlier, but you know, the reason that I got into performance or was really struck by performance was that it allowed for this outlet when nothing else did. It helped in like a time of crisis it's like ritual it's like it's such a way of processing things and I think that actually especially now after all that's happened it's probably more necessary than ever mentally it can really help people you know I work with a lovely company who work with women who have had cancer and are going through treatments and it's this movement-based practice you know you just see the good that people do with this kind of work and then on a completely other level going to watch something that is beautiful and joyful and amazing again is like it's such an important part of what we do do as people you know it's like one of the oldest things like telling stories and sharing that with each other I also think that due to all the kind of funding cuts and things like that that have happened it just means that time in the studio is even more limited and precious and I feel like it's really important to hold this up and say like this is such an important time if you want real quality of work and like work of true value you need to protect this space. I feel like it's kind of like, we want this and we want it now and we want it quicker and we want to pay less money for it and we want this. And I just think it has to be protected and valued. I mean, I hope that the exhibition at least was... I mean, in some ways, I feel like the people that watched it probably already know what goes into it, but I think it was really nice to celebrate. And for me, it was really lovely to sit down and have conversations with artists that I hadn't worked with. I then went back in the rehearsal studio with Botis like a couple of weeks later, so it was so nice. To my knowledge, it's not that usual to see exhibitions of dance photography. The way I've encountered dance photography usually has been mostly used as a means of either documentation or promotion for press releases. And I wanted to just talk a bit around this idea of, especially you saying, because you come from from a fine art background and you feel like you're rediscovering this practice about whether you think that dance photography should be seen kind of more as an art form in its own right and not just being these kind of pose shots that's used for the press release that's sent out to people like me to write about it and actually being this artistic encapsulation of dance or translation of dance into a different medium. But I mean, I think photography struggled for years to be taken seriously as an art form and now I feel like it very much is. But yeah, I agree with you with dance photography. It was never something that I, when I went to galleries, you see images of performers but again I would kind of see them as in a different context really I guess I think after doing a fine art degree I <laughs> I shy away from discussing things as being art or not it's so subjective isn't it I mean I would hope that dance photography is seen as an art form or what's been really nice about the exhibition is that it's shown me that these images have a place 
for people other than promotional or documentation. Like speaking to the artists, it was really nice to know what the images had meant to them. It felt like it kind of transcended the original purpose. And I mean, even speaking with Katie, it almost felt like having a photographer in the room kind of gave something to her practice. So I think that there's really a lot in there that a photographer can be a part of. I mean, obviously Sadler's was one of my main clients, but it took quite a long time. You know, I was shooting events for years and years, you know, to pay the bills. And it feels very recent that things have kind of flipped and it's now all the jobs I do are ones that I love. I feel so, so lucky. You know, I started off shooting drinks receptions for the place and being like, can I shoot some performances? And they were like, no, no, we've got our photographer. And I was like, okay. And then once I managed to get into the theatre <laughs> while something was happening, because I had a break and they were like, yeah, sure, you can go in if you want. And then I sent them the photo and then they were like ah okay hang on and then they started giving me work but it's really nice it's kind of progressed from that (laughs) to like hovering around drinks receptions to like then being asked to photograph productions and then being invited into the rehearsal room and then being asked to like work on promotional images with people which is a lot more collaborative and we can kind of collaborate quite a lot on those shots to then suddenly feels like I'm also being commissioned now to be an artist in my own right working with people so that feels like a bit of a jump and that's really lovely so I think in terms of like the images as an art form it feels like I'm kind of developing that at the moment. Looking forward are there any goals or projects or things that you have in your mind at the moment that you'd like to do or ambitions crazy dreams? This probably sounds so boring but like it feels so overwhelming to be able to do this for a living my crazy dream is to just be able to keep doing this for the next like 30 years I mean it just feels incredibly lucky and I feel very privileged that's kind of what I would be loving to do I have a few projects in mind that I've got in touch with a few people about I'm actually going to put in an application to fund one of my own projects which is the first time I will have done that which is really lovely and I've talked to a few people about working on that with me which feels great like I said I kind of did my I made a short film in the middle of lockdown and I've just finished another one as well with a wonderful dancer called Akshay Sharma for Fevered Sleep they've got a project called This Grief Thing so we just made a short film for that working with Moving Image but in a very specific way I think I think I'll always be a photographer first and foremost like it's definitely what I'm more interested in and how my mind works but yeah there's a couple of kind of projects that I want to do and I feel like moving image will also be helpful with those a few things in the pipeline yeah we'll see <laughs> look forward to seeing when they develop I just thought I also want to finish the performers at home as well but I need to rethink how to do that but yeah that I also need to do that <laughs> how to do it in this post-corona weird world <laughs> so it's been so great talking to Camilla I have one more question which I ask everyone but I'm going to slightly adapt as well because this is the Tepsicle podcast and we talk to leading women in the dance industry I was wondering if you could meet and talk to or maybe even photograph any female dance practitioner from history who might it be and why Tina Bausch <laughs> I wouldn't really know what to say I'm not great with words so I think I'd be incredibly shy to say anything but I would have just loved to be in the rehearsal room with her. That would be like my dream, just to see that process. Because it was so human, like anything you read about it was so human and about her relationships with the dancers as well. So I can imagine that would make some amazing photographs. Exactly, it would be. I actually don't know if I would even want to photograph. I would just want to observe for ages. And then I'm sure I would love to take photos, but I just think, yeah, the, the way that she worked with her dancers and yeah, like you said, that kind of human process is, I think it's so fascinating. So yeah, that's who it would have been lovely. 
exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's a great answer. Well, thank you so much again and have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the 10th episode of the Terpsichore podcast with the amazing Camilla Greenwell. If you would like to find out more about Camilla's work, take a look at her website, www.camillagreenwell.com. Follow her on Instagram at Camilla Greenwell Photography, or take a look at the digital exhibition we discussed in this podcast, Movement in Still Form, which you can find via the digital stage on Sadler's Wells' website. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and leave us a rating and review, as it helps other people to find us. You can also follow Terpsichore Mag on Instagram, or sign up to our newsletter via our website, www.terpsichore-mag.com. Thanks so much again for listening to the Terpsichore Podcast with me, Emily May.